Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. What if you could be a superhero? Dave here from DC On Screen. If you love this show and you want to see it continue and thrive, please be sure to visit iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star written review. The process is faster than a speeding bullet. You don't even have to wear tights or a cape. I mean, you can, if you're into that kind of thing. No judgment. What's important is that you tell the world what you like about the show and why you think they should be listening too. It really does go a long way in helping our show grow and expand, pushing us into more people's eye and ear holes. That was a weird way to put that. By the way, leaving a five-star written review gets you entered into a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback, DVD, or Blu-ray valued at $15 or less. One in ten will win and will be chosen through a true number generator on random.org. Think of it as our version of that antiquated sexist moment where the superhero saves the girl and she gives him a little jaw sugar. (laughs) Alright, begging is over. Time for a brand new episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen, your guide to the DC Universe on film and television. This is episode 292. It is our weekly cinematic episode, the DCEU episode, we most most of the time say. Mm-hmm. And if it's been released in the news, we just might be talking about it. So please, beware of spoilers. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. This is my trusty co-host, Jason Goss. What kind of breakfast cereal do you like, Jason? Actually, that's my favorite, too. Really? I mean, I don't know that it's my favorite. Like, I kind of go between that and uh, peanut butter Captain Crunch. Nah. No, there's no other lover to me. <laughs> I, I Like, I don't actually eat a lot of cereal anymore. It's yeah. probably been like a year and a half since I've had a bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. I got, I've, I've got a, uh, I'd, I'd try to cut sugar out as much as I can. Just a family history thing. So, um, right. poor, you know, breakfast cereals had to go, but I, I, I missed them. I go through weird spells, like I, I won't eat cereal, and then all of a sudden, it's like was for lunch and dinner for a month. I so. can't. I have to be, um, <laughs> no, I've got to be absolutely stalwart about it. If I grabbed one box, I would I'd slip back in. <laughs> and I was doing so good to cut that out. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, man. I know. <laughs> okay, so we've got a ton of DCEU news uh, to yeah. get to. Uh, oh, delightful geez. story. A delightful story to t- to start us out with. Apparently, John Peters was banned from the Man of Steel set by Christopher Nolan. That sounds great. Um, and John Peters is the one telling the story, so I have no reason to disbelieve that part of it. Well, other than that all the fact that well. he is telling the story, right? And yeah, uh, he's <laughs> he was talking to THR in a profile piece, and um. If you don't know who John Peters is, this is the cat that Kevin Smith talks about who um, didn't want Superman to fly. He didn't want him to wear that costume. Uh, this was uh, Barbara Streisand's former lover slash uh, hairstylist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who wound up becoming a producer. And um, kind of, he's the one that really wanted the big giant spider for Superman Lives and wound up doing it on Wild Wild West. Right. Um, wanted Sean Penn to play Superman. 
et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So he's um he's talking about he was well he's boasting here about how he made like ten to fifteen million dollars with one caveat not to you know please go away essentially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was <laughs> he was banned according to him by Christopher Nolan from the Man of Steel set. He he says my reputation scares these guys. Not in the way you're probably thinking, buddy. Um, he says, I have 0.5% of the gross. Together they did, talking about Superman Returns and Man of Steel, together they did more than a billion. He estimates that he made in the ballpark ballpark of $85 million between Superman Returns and Man of Steel. He said he has a 0.5? Uh, 7.5% of oh, the gross. 7.5. How the hell did he get that? I don't know. Um, he also, in the interview, talks about um, how he had an affair with Kim Basinger during the 89 Batman movie. By the way, my rough math, my very rough math says he made about 11 and a quarter. That sounds probably closer, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Basinger, so, though. Huh? P- P- yeah, Peters uh, says, Kim had an abusive, <clears throat> sorry, a husband who was abusive. And one day I grabbed him and she connected with me because I protected her. And we became friends and ended up having a big affair. Michael Keaton had the eye for Kim Basinger. I remember he got mad at me when she and I hooked up. He felt rejected because he was the star. He's Batman. Yeah, I was a hairdresser who could talk to women. We lived together on the set. She helped me write the third act. <laughs> oh my. This is the most patently ridiculous story I've ever heard. That man heard. is a like breathing cartoon. <laughs> I thought, Nightmare. I thought Sam Hamm and Warren Scarin wrote the script. I thought Tim Burton was in charge of some of this too. I don't Dude, remember. By the Tom time he's Peters. done, he was going. To, he, you know, he'll try to replace like Siegel and Schuster and be like, you know what, Superman was all my idea. Right. I know it says Michael Keaton played Batman, but I played Batman for about seventy-five percent of the film. It's all, it's all effects. It's all in post. Um. So. Uh, moving on to the Lego Batman movie, there's been a little bit of controversy. A couple of clips have been released that suggest that um, Batman has it real bad for Barbara Gordon in this movie. It's a fun new trend. A fun new trend. Thanks, Paul Dini. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so rare that I actually say that with sarcasm. <laughs> but this time, this time. All right, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the DCEU. You want to just get right to it and talk about how disappointed we are that David Goyer is going to be writing Green Lantern Corps with Justin Rhodes? Yeah, and there are mixed reports. I, I mean, we could have it wrong, theoretically, but there are, there are mixed reports about how involved he's been in some of the properties that we cared about. Like, I don't care about The Forest. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know that existed until I looked him up on IMDb. Think of a damn. Right. But, you know, everything with a cape. <laughs> now we're talking. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't really know how much he had to do with it, and I don't really care. Um, it just seems like at this point, I'd love to be proven wrong and given like a nice um, reason to trust him, but just not digging, not digging the choice. I, I mean, all I've really got up my sleeve is, you know what? He did somehow get Constantine, and, and, mm-hmm. and I did like that. I mean, well, I say like love the ever living hell out of that. So, yeah, I mean, he was an EP on that. Who knows what what his actual role was or how far it went? And you know, my my big gripe is, you know, if you look at his track listing, you know, the Blade movies are serviceable. Some of them are pretty damn good. But I mean, Blade Two. Let's be honest. I like the, best the thing about series that was, as a whole. I just kind of didn't um I didn't yeah, care that much be- about it. So I just kind of you know half enjoyed. It was entertaining. Sure. I moved on. 
I mean, it did a fine job into reinvigorating the the comic book genre. Yeah. But I mean, let's be honest. The best part about Blade Two was Guillermo del Toro and his <laughs> involvement, his director. Mm-hmm. Blade Three was a dumpster fire, and the best thing about that was Ryan Reynolds. Right. Um. I mean, Dark Knight was cool. It could be argued that there are some really like really cool things in that movie cinematically. Batman Begins was meh. It wasn't bad. Dark Knight Rises. I've never looked at it, Batman it Begins and bad. thought it's a bad no. movie. But and it honestly, did not hold up. I don't have when a problem we... with anyone who wants to tell me that. Um, at least out of the DC universe, I, I if someone wants to tell me Dark Knight's the best film, I, I, I can, I can hear, hear an argument for that. Yeah, me too. Um, the but Batman Begins did not hold up as well as I remembered it even holding up. When we went back and did our rewatch, I was like, oh, this dialogue is awful. Right, and it's the same problem. <laughs> and Rises Goyer, held up even worse. Yeah, and and Goyer's dialogue is bad. And Goyer, I feel, and here's my biggest problem with Goyer. We'll we'll skip past the Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, or whatever the hell that was, and the Puppet Master, and all the weird shit that he made. Um, <laughs> that is my trump card for someone like who says like, no, he's great. Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider. There. Are, Ghost Rider. There are a couple, yeah. There are a couple of bits that things that he said in the past that really stick out to me. One is that he hates Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that's just annoying because I really love Martian. And he thinks he's Martian. stupid. And you know, Martian Manhunter is an a pretty inventive and cool character. And for David Goyer to say that he dislikes him so much, it's like oh, I'd make him like a like a alien life form that was grown in a petri dish in a government installation. What? Not nah, digging that. And then to turn around and say that's the man that's in charge of the Green Lantern Corps movie. Yeah. A movie I would suppose would have, you know, several, if not hundreds of aliens involved. Uh, <laughs> it's, he's like the comic book fan. Well, what, there's 3,600 sectors or 72. I can't remember. What, it's changed. But presumably there's at least 3,599 aliens. Yeah. Goyer, I think, is he feels like the guy that's like the comic fan that's like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like it, but I mean, aliens are stupid, so I'd change that. <laughs> I just, I can't. I don't know. I can't get along with that. I don't too know. Much. I don't know why he's directed or why he's trying to to do a Krypton show when he apparently thinks Martian Manhunter is stupid, but Kryptonians aren't. I don't know. But the other thing is that you know that that famous quote, now infamous quote. That he said, Batman versus Superman is the idea you come to when you admit to yourself that you've run out of all other ideas. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty scary. Oh, tell that to Darwin Cook, asshole. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, cashing in. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not saying that this guy is absolutely going to ruin this movie. I don't know Justin Rhodes from Adam. I looked at his IMDb. He doesn't have much of anything but a few short films. Um, yeah, he was an unknown quantity for me. It does. It, it looks like he's it, it does he's have working one nice with Guillermo thing. del Toro though. He's working with Guillermo del Toro on Fantastic Voyage. That's um, that's decent. Of course, Goyer is an executive producer on that, so God help us. I, maybe you just, <laughs> maybe you just get in the orbit though and learn some shit anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other part of this Green Lantern Corps movie that bothers me is that it's being described as lethal weapon in space. And that this phrase fine, was a little frightening. Yeah, I'm great with it being Hal Jordan and John Stewart. You get the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. you know, because I love the hell out of John Stewart, mm-hmm. and but I really want to see Hal Jordan too. Awesome. If they brought in Kyle Rayner, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Bring in Guy Gardner. Oh, no, if you look up, um, I want to see all of them. You look up IMD's description of it right now, and I don't know what who the, I, I don't know the credentials on who wrote this thing, but it actually does list Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner. 
Oh, that's so awesome. That's that's, just IMDb. You know how they do. Sometimes. I know how they do. I know how they do. But, um, yeah, I would love to see. Love to see those. But, yeah. And I do like the fact that you have both of them. Patently awful. It's just, uh, we'll see. Yeah. And there's some sort of a... I mean... We'll see. Hey, by the way, open invitation. Anyone who can give me a reason to be excited about Goyer, please go for it. Absolutely. And you know what? I will be excited despite David Goyer. I will be excited if they're talking about Lethal Weapon in Space and then they announce that Shane Black is directing. I have heard good things about that. Yeah. There, at least there's one aspect of Lethal Weapon in Space. It might be a funny movie, which would be good, because if we, mm-hmm. if, if there's something that we all remember liking about Green Lantern, it was Ryan Reynolds is always as charming as he, you know, is. It, and, you know, Shane Black directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3, and one thing that I loved about Iron Man 3, despite all the negative press, I actually enjoyed Iron Man 3, enjoyed especially the parts, and weirdly, especially the parts where Tony and Rhodey were basically just, it was just gibson and glover from lethal weapon <laughs> running around i enjoyed the hell out of that that was good so maybe there's precedent for it being acceptable i love the um my favorite part of iron man 3 that even canceled out the uh the slattery reveal was definitely the stuff with the uh the panic attacks with tony mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh i love the slattery reveal though so i mean i end up enjoying i know that i know that's the part that got a lot of people pissed off but um that one didn't bother me at all and i was Deeply taken by the uh, the whole storyline of like I'm just a guy in a tin can. I mean, you know the uh, yeah, I agree. The um, so quick Iron Man three review, guys. Thanks. Right. I don't understand the ire, but hey, I like Batman v Superman. What do you want? <laughs> um, speaking of BVS and Suicide Squad, they are all over the Razzies, uh, the Razzie Awards release their nominations and i won't go deeply into it because we have a lot of news to talk about and honestly tim over at the suicide squad cast did a phenomenal job of showcasing why the razzies are bullshit the shortened version is that the razzies started out as a bunch of elitist losers uh shitting on the oscars on in some douchebags living room and uh, it became a big publicity stunt and anyone can vote on seriously if you have 40 bucks you can become a voter for the razzies you don't even have to watch the damn movie <laughs> Any of the movies. Yeah. Um, I would have never thought to look into it, so I totally commend and cite Tim for doing so. Go check out uh, their latest episode of of the Suicide Squad cast if you want a a pretty detailed and interesting uh, jump into what the Razzies are and where they came from. But, you know, honestly, I don't like any award shows. I think they're all bullshit. They've, yeah. Um, Even the Oscars, you know, all these people who get nominated, they pay thousands of dollars and then run thousands of dollars worth of campaigns to get nominated and uh you know who even knows who these people in the academy are it's all just horse shit it's all just marketing yeah because then you can be like hey i can get a few more million dollars because i won an oscar and it goes in the back of i almost said vhs tapes god how old am i mm-hmm. um <laughs> anyway yeah that's a thing uh so Margot Robbie was caught reading a Harley Quinn comic, and apparently that's a big deal. <laughs> Duh, she's playing Harley she's Quinn. And she's doing an some EP. research. I mean, she's an EP on Gotham City Sirens, and she's playing the character. It should be news if she's not constantly caught with a Harley Quinn comic in her hand right now. Right. I wish somebody. I wish there was a paparazzi assuring me that you know they had a good editor. Yeah. So that we don't have another Suicide Squad or BVS mix up. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we not have a trailer house direct uh, or edit the movie this time? 
That would be amazing. That would be good. It was or clear, it can was we just maybe get all the it. movie in the actual movie this time so I don't have to go buy the movie four times? <laughs> right? That'd be great. <laughs> so there's been a lot of hubbub over Ben Affleck, whether he's directing the Batman or not. Just to put it to rest, he confirms he is directing the Batman. He says it on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Credible as it he gets. Says, I'm, yep. He says, I'm going to direct the next Batman. We're working on it. It's one of those things that's really frustrating because with Live, uh, Live by Night, I don't know why he wants to say Live by Night. With Live by mm-hmm. Night, it took me a year and a half to write it and get it ready, and I worked really hard. It's just no one gave a shit. No one was like, where's live by, live by night? God, I keep doing that. No one was like, where's live by night? But with Batman, I keep getting, where's the fucking Batman? I'm like, whoa, I'm working. Give me a second. <laughs> so he wanted Jimmy Kimmel to politely express his frustration with Batman fans. And the, can yeah. you hold your shit together for a few damn seconds attitude? It is completely understandable. Uh, and I've seen him, well, you know, I, say something similar on ET. I think. Yeah, I've heard a couple of similar uh, quotes flying around. And you know, to be honest, like Suicide Squad, yeah, definitely could have been better. And it probably wouldn't be better if you had more than six weeks to get the, get the script together. Absolutely. Oh, it definitely could have been better. <laughs> so uh, on Cineplex, Affleck was talking about um, the difference between his Batman and previous Batman that have been on screen. And he says, it's different in terms of tone and obviously just a, a different actor. I think the most profound difference is that I'm playing the part at an older age than those guys were when they played it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Clooney. Who knows? And it's about a guy who's had a long life of this experience, rather than someone who's just setting out on the journey to become this guy. He's older and wiser, I guess. And he was pretty pissed off in Batman v Superman. But now it's not about finding revenge in Justice League. It's about protecting the Earth. So the feel is different. Um, in discussing the shift tone... Or so the tone shift. God, what's wrong with me? From BVS to Justice League, he says Justice League. You probably saw the teaser that came out of Comic Con. I thought it was. It is nicely emblematic of the kind of minor tone shift and segue in storytelling. It's a little bit lighter. Characters are a little bit more comfortable in themselves, so they can express a wider array of array of emotions. And there are just more people in it, so it's more fun. It's all of these different characters bumping up against each other, and the team dynamic offers a lot of dramatic possibility. Separately, he told USA Today, and I guess this was before um, he said, yeah, I am doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, he told USA Today, I know what it's like to be in a suit. We'll have to modify the suit to make it a little bit easier to put on and take off. When you are in it, you can be sweating, crazy, and exhausted to do your part and walk away. But when you're a director, you can't walk away. You have to be there for everybody. Chief among the challenges of doing Batman will be finding a suit that's more comfortable. So he can literally stand there and do his job for 14, 16 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, also there's something nice with... in there, though. Where like, I, some people, I'm sure, would see this differently. But um, if it, like the team dynamic versus a movie with two or three people kind of in it, if mm-hmm. you can almost spread your bets a little bit if you have a team dynamic. Like Maybe you didn't get um, Flash and Cyborg exactly, exactly right, but you've got how many other chances to get every other relationship with Cyborg just right? Like, yeah. You can... You can really like hedge your bets a little bit here. Mm-hmm. That's not, if I ever you know got to be in charge of any of these characters. That's something I would try to take comfort in right before the um, you know immense amount of stress kicked in. Yeah. And speaking of before he made that announcement on Kimmel, he says uh, he was talking to the USA Today and he says superhero movies get the level of attention that is nothing like any film I've done. You cast the fourteenth lead in these movies and the internet goes crazy. Yeah. I understand and embrace that. That's part of the pressure that comes with doing it. That's why I'm not going to do it unless I feel really confident about it. But when that day comes, and it has, 
should that day come, and it has, I'm sure that's going to be the most pressure, the no, most stress I've ever, yeah, I've ever experienced in my professional life. There's no doubt. Um, he was also talking to Hey You Guys about uh, Live by Night, and um, he was talking about Justice League, and he says it was great, and there's a lot of changes and a lot of new stuff. There was a whole feeling of kind of rebirth, <laughs> and there's an exciting group of actors, you know, Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa and guys like that. So much fun. And Gal Gadot, who's great, and Henry Cavill. It was a lot of fun. He also talks about Sienna Miller, who has, op- from Live By Night, who has openly stated that she would like to play Catwoman. And they asked if she sh- if she would be uh, a good Vicky Vale. Um, and he says, she's perfect for anything. She could do anything. Vicky Vale's kind of bitchy. I think she's better for, well, we won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um okay hopefully affleck is kind of getting around to the point of like because he was i heard him talking about like on a couple of interviews how he was just complaining about how everything he says gets turned into clickbait yeah just stop saying stuff man just say i can't talk about it it's okay we understand i understand i do i mean but and he's right though like being being uh part of this uh you know superhero movie process is absolutely annoying and i apologize but Mm -hmm. as a fan i intend to change nothing so i apologize and dig in well also if you're a reporter and you're interviewing affleck you're getting fired if you don't ask about you are required to ask a couple of questions about that yeah yeah so why didn't you ask about batman i just try to take it easy on the guy get the fuck out of my building right (laughs) sorry mr Carr. yeah So, exciting news with uh, The Rock. And I always feel stupid saying that. I don't. The Rock. I grew up with it. It's good. I know. Uh, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson uh, (laughs) was on Instagram, uh, took a picture of himself next to the DC logo, said, had a very cool and strategic meeting with the heads of DC about their entire universe as a hardcore DC fan to get a real sense of the tonal shifts and developments coming in these future movies has me fired up. Something we, as DC fans, have been waiting for for a very long time. Hope, optimism, and fun. Even when talking about the most ruthless villain anti-hero of all time finally coming to life. Prepare yourselves, DC Universe. Hashtag kneel at his feet. Hashtag or get crushed by his boot. Hashtag Black Adam. Uh, Jeff Johns of DC, of course, mm-hmm. tweeted, One of my favorite meetings ever. And he tagged The Rock and Black Adam. And um, Hiram Garcia, who is a producer and has worked with, uh, well, he's been a producer on a number of The Rock's movies, including the upcoming Baywatch. Gotcha. <laughs> I actually saw uh, says, a little bit of Baywatch's trailer, and it doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look that good either. No, but um, it, 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 it's probably one of those movies where like I can hang out on a Saturday night, watch it, and go, yeah, it was okay. I laughed. I laughed. It was one of those where like I kind of thought, Zach Efron, man. I mean, I know you're a good actor. I've seen you do good work. Do we really need another movie of you with your shirt off? Do something real. There's so, something good. a lot of people who would emphatically cry, yes, Dave. Yes, we need another movie with him with his shirt off. <laughs> he is ripped. <laughs> and let's face it, so, um, he, he used to call himself electrifying back in wrestling, and um, I suppose it is just true. I mean, he's, uh, Johnson's just charismatic as hell. Sure. I just find myself enjoying a lot of what he does. Yeah. But yeah, Hiram Garcia said, uh, great meeting today at DC Comics, talking hashtag Shazam, hashtag Black Adam, and more. Big things are coming. Get ready. Now, here's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. 
the tagline, it looks like the tagline that they've been kind of using here for for the movie, hopefully it'll be for the movie, is hashtag just say the word. <laughs> I totally think they, they should make that happen. That's pretty cool. I approve. Like Scott was saying they were going to, they're on the Squadcast, they were saying they were going to try to make that the tagline for their show. <laughs> I don't blame them. That's an awesome, man, come on. That's awesome. That's pretty great. So, uh, I guess I should mention this. I don't want to. All right. But, um, you know, some of this actually came true for BVS the Suicide Squad. So, uh, no, I don't think to the extent that it was, uh, I don't know, presented, but they're saying that Wonder Woman is a mess. Uh, Sasha Pearl Raver on the Schmoes No show said, so I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. We have somebody within our community who has gotten insider information that broke my effing heart this week because I have tremendous belief that Wonder Woman is going to be awesome. And I heard it stinks from the same person who told me that they heard that BVS stinks. The person who I spoke to, their response was, I'm very disappointed in what I saw. And it seems like all the problems are the same problems. It's discombobulated. It doesn't have narrative flow. It's just very disjointed. And there are also, from what I can tell, separate rumors that it's the same thing with Justice League. Someone from Batman News, they were saying from Batman News that uh, they heard from their sources that Justice League was a mess. I don't think there's an actual cut of Justice League yet. And I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's not a a Justice League cut yet. That would be a quick turnaround. Um, Wonder Woman, you know, it, I'm sure there's a cut I'm by now. Damn well better have a cut by now. Um, it would not surprise me if it was a mess. It would, and the disappointing part about that would be, I, um, with the DCU right now, I'm at a point where there are obvious flaws in every film we've seen. Absolutely. But I still mostly, mostly enjoyed no. myself. Mostly Man of Steel, you're yeah. going to say. Well, no, actually. Really? Mostly, um, mostly Suicide Squad. Oh, that, yeah, okay. Um... I think, like, while it was more fun than, like, Suicide Squad was more fun than Batman v Superman or Man of Steel. For sure. Had a lot more fun. Had, like, way more plot problems. Way more editing problems than either. And, you know, even when you're, especially, well, the extended cut did nothing except put more Jared Leto in the, in the film, really. Yeah. It didn't save it in any way. Not like the ultimate cut of BVS did. Uh, it did a lot more for it, sure. We, I think we talked about that though. Like the, you got a little yeah. bit extra flavor, and a couple of things made more sense. But it wasn't just a giant turnaround. But yeah. even with the ultimate edition of both, um, now you, you've still got films that have obvious problems, and um, the, the, you haven't had a home run yet. You haven't had an Iron Man yet. Right? No, nothing in here is is nearly as solid as Iron Man. Yeah. So you and don't you know, know where you're really like, I, you don't know where to I don't know, put the, the the middle of the, the well, tent pole. Bringing in Iron Man into it, though, at this point, as I've mentioned before, Marvel had Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Two of those were not very good. I know, I know. I, it's Now, now me speaking personally, I liked all three of them, and I like Batman and Superman and Justice League. I mean, uh, sorry, Suicide Squad. I even like Man of Steel. I just, there was something off. Um, and certain, some of these movies, there's just something off for me, because I either know too much about the source material and think it should have been done a different way. Sure. Or, you know, I, um, and just watching these things one or two times, you don't catch everything. If you don't sit and analyze it, you don't, you know, necessarily, if you're, if you're looking to enjoy something, you don't see as many flaws. Yeah. Um, looking back, um, especially on the internet with like all the videos that come out with like, like they released everything wrong with Suicide Squad. 
uh, there was a guy that released a video that was like the art of editing or something. And he just like broke down everything wrong with suicide squad. And I just sat there going, well, shit, I shouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> I didn't catch any of this shit. I, I call some of it, but not all of it. Like I've seen this show around there. I want to do list, but I haven't had time yet. Um, yeah. The- Interesting as hell. I love watching that stuff, but. There are obvious problems with with what we have, but the my main problem right now is we don't have a um, there, I don't have a problem with it being a darker tone. I just wish the darker tone had a real, I don't know, a, a centrality to it that we haven't seen yet. Like it, there, yeah. there's not like I'm saying with the tent pole, you don't know where it is. Like with with Iron Man, I feel like they got a glimpse of this and went, look, no, this is how this works. Mm-hmm. And you know the Marvel universe was able to expand, and but they knew kind of where their their beats were. They knew what their formula was as mm-hmm. far as like how much spectacle, how much funny, how much heart. They had a good idea of it, and DC doesn't have that yet. And uh, the reason I'm not so so worried is I I kind of have faith in the characters so much that it's delusional. Uh-huh. And I'm yeah. I, like I'm I'm like <laughs> set on the idea that like no, you can't ruin these characters. You're gonna figure this out. Yeah, I may be wrong. And what's well, worrying to uh, what's worrisome to me about the Wonder Woman and uh, Justice League kind of scuttlebutt is after Wonder Woman, I, you know, I've got faith right now. After Wonder Woman, if I walk out of that theater and go, she waited seventy five years for this movie and they ruined it, I'm gonna yeah. be deeply concerned. If I walk out of Justice League and think you had how many heroes on screen and you fucked that up, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to turn. I feel like that's the point yeah. where I've got to throw down the gauntlet and go, nope, WB, you're fucking shit. You have yeah, ruined my childhood. Know- I I still stand. I love Marvel, and I'm only bringing it up like as you have because it's the only other game in town, guys. Right. Um. I love Marvel. Well, Universal is going to try. Uh, yeah. Uh, but let's be honest. Marvel's the only other game in town. Right. Um. <laughs> um. So I'm looking at you know uh, more than probably. Uh, I mean, okay. I love the Avengers. I love the first Avengers. Damn straight. But the editing, the editing is kind of shit. Because there's a whole, I know there's a whole subplot with Thor. Like, there's like, there's stuff in there that doesn't add up. I have but never. no one. And it's like one of those minor things with that film where you're like, why couldn't you pick it up on the hill? What, what the hell? Someone give me this right. story. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's like, I, I don't know. I can't pick it up. And then like a scene happens and he comes back. He's like, yeah, the good. sun is setting. A couple hours went by and now you can pick it up. So I don't know a vampire now? What's happening? Yeah, Numbers I don't vampire. know what that's cool. about. Gotcha. Um, and, Proceed. You know, people, you know, bitch about the disposable army and Suicide Squad. Well, hello, Avengers. <laughs> I mean, and presumably the Kree were an actual race. They weren't just... I mean, yes, it's, it's stupid that Enchantress had to kiss everybody to turn them into weird Power Ranger putties or whatever the hell they were. I'm just saying. I just assumed that was her being weird. There are issues with all of these movies. If you try to pretend there isn't, you're delusional. Um, I... I enjoy all of them on some level even man of steel even for as much as i bitch about it um uh, sorry that dark knight that rises Darrell i kind of enjoy about, like sometimes. you'll you'll be a uh a symbol for him but just still I, I, a tear rolled down my eyes in the theater i'm sitting there at the end of this movie going this is kind of weird absolutely and i have never seen a comic book anything more perfect than batman the animated series and that includes the subsequent series <laughs> in that line <laughs> the batman and robins so, and new adventures and all that um, I would say with volume four, what they call volume four, where it brings in Nightwing and Tim Drake and all those cats. No, it's a glorious like, time. I would say that that was a step down, I think, from like the original Fox kids, Batman, the animated series. Like those were damn near perfect. 
not perfect, but damn near perfect. They were. Anyway. I, it, and it's the, the, well, it's the last thing I'll say about it. That's my, that's my summer plan is going back through the entire animated catalog. Oh, Lord. But yeah, Wonder Woman, it would not be surprising to me if I fully expect, this is what I expect. I hope, I hope for better. I hope it's a cohesive film. Um, I hope that the critics love it and that the fans love it. I fully expect, however, for the critics to bash it, the audiences to be divided on it, and for it to make a shit ton of money. The same as the others have. Yeah, so far, because, like, financially, their formula is fine. They don't give a fuck yeah. what people are saying. They're still spending their money. Well, no matter how you look at it, I think, because of all of the strides Marvel has taken, everything, the, the crazy success that Marvel has taken for, like, ten years now, you know, now people, this is what we're dealing with. People who were, like, ten years old when the Marvel movie started mm -hmm. are now writers and reviewers and <laughs> critics. That's true. And for DC to come along and try to, like, usurp some Replace of their childhood memories. Yeah, screw that. Not sadly, that makes, you know, that, that puts us in a different, uh, like, a different generation where I came home from school to watch BTAS. So it, it, yeah. you know, as and an adult, it, you know, I'm walking into the MCU and thinking, oh, I mean, you got, you know, you're credible. I just still love my thing. Nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, even though we love this shit enough to do a podcast about it, there's a seg there's a part of ourselves that are like, who the shit cares? It's not BV. It's not Batman v Superman. I mean, sorry, <laughs> Batman animated series. Yeah. God, I'm gone. Like BTAS was it. That's, that's the best you can get. Yeah. <laughs> there's just... There's not another version of this no, that we, we, really you know. fits the bill. Um, Some of those episode, episodes we absolutely have our uh, our high watermark. And what kills me, what kills me is like you look at BVS's numbers on Rotten Tomatoes and Suicide Squads, and then you go back and you look at like Batman '89, and Batman '89 has like a way higher score, and you're like, bullshit, that plot made like no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't true to the character at all, and it was weird and kitschy, and just like camp in the gritty direction. Yeah, and I love it. I love it, and it was like it turned things around and sent things in a different direction. But it ain't, it ain't right. Mm -mm. Um, so yeah, I you know I I guess I have a little more. Uh, I feel like I have a little more uh, of an even keel on all of these movies. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, so anyway, well, back the, to Wonder the, Woman. The people then the people you were talking <laughs> about, yeah, the like the younger version that's generationally generationally that's what they came up with was the MCU kind of kicking ass. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Chris Pine was, uh, was doing an interview with a French magazine. Studio Cine Live is the translation, uh, for the magazine. And he says, um, he explains how Steve Trevor ends up on Themyscira. He says, I play a pilot who works for the Allies and spies on the Germans without their knowledge. Well, that's how spying works, buddy. That's... My character... <laughs> you never show up at your destination and go, hey, how are you? Hi, I'm a spy. How you doing? Spy day. May I here. borrow a camera? I forgot um, mine. <laughs> My character steals a notebook filled with scientific formulas in an Ottoman base. He steals a plane, but it is shot down in the open sea. And um, in the article, it says, Behind these scientific formulas, there is a deadly gas that could well annihilate humanity. It turns out that it might interest Ares, the god of war. He is jealous of humanity, which is a creation of his father, the deceased Zeus, the Amazons, and Zeus rebelled against Ares, and Zeus died at the hand of his son. 
So there you go. That's some stuff. Right. And I think, you know, was it just a rumor that the, um, oh, I can't remember her name now. The chick with the mask. Yeah. Long forgotten <laughs> the mask, but okay, yeah. We know that shot. Yeah. Yeah. The gas would seem to indicate that she is who they said she was. Um, that I can't remember now. Damn it, neither can I. Doctor something. Doctor gas. Doc, uh, Doctor <laughs> yeah. poison or something. Yeah, I'll look it up. Damn it, man. Because we we have a right. Or no, we don't have a right. We have an obligation to tell people. <laughs> Absolutely about stuff. no right. But yeah, we we probably have an obligation. No right, and it's probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Poison. It was such a dumb name. I forgot it. Doctor Poison from the old Wonder Woman comics. Mm-hmm. So that looks even more like that's who that's going to be. If that was, I don't know, just a rumor. There you go. Uh, on to Justice League. Uh, USA Today released a high-resolution picture of uh, the Justice League. It looks like they're walking off or about to walk off of the Flying Fox. It looks like the hatch of the Flying Fox is opening. It's Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman. I've heard people complain that Wonder Woman looks stiff and wooden in the shot. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. She looks like she's just kind of waiting for the damn hatch to come down so she can walk out. Yeah, I, I didn't you know? see any. I kind of looked and went, great, good power shot. Let's do this. Yeah, Cyborg looks like a beast, though. Doesn't he? Whatever, whatever he's getting off that ship to do, he's pissed about it. Yeah, like he's looked pissed in like every photo that I've seen, which is funny because like in every animated film from Lego and to Justice League action and anything, <laughs> he's always just like this happy-go-lucky. Yeah, Teen Titans go. Just, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We're gonna save the day! Hooray! Like, in this movie, he's just looked pissed about everything. But, um, you know, hopefully not for the whole thing. Because the tone is supposed to be lighter. Oh, my God, you guys. Yeah. Like, we can't exist. We can't have a comic book movie this dark. That means it's shit. It's complete terrible <laughs> tripe. <laughs> anyway, I like dark movies. Sorry. I like lighthearted movies, but I like dark movies, too. Yeah, they they all have their place. So, anyway. Uh, so Snyder in the same USA Today article was talking about, (laughs) um, Justice League. He says, it was all about the filling out of this massive comic book pantheon with the biggest and coolest heroes we could. Um, talking about Wonder Woman's shift from BVS and Wonder Woman to Justice League, or actually from Wonder Woman to Justice League, not BVS. Mm -hmm. He says, humanity isn't always the most kind and awesome thing. It has its moments. It can be brutal. And her coming to terms with that dichotomy is what we come to learn about her. And in Justice League, she's fully evolved into someone who's embraced mankind, partly because of Superman's sacrifice. She's like, all right, I've got to pick it up. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. I like it. I dig it. I dig what he's saying. That's the thing. I I dig all the stuff Snyder and all these people are saying about all of these things. It's just the execution is not as great sometimes. (laughs) Again, we're back to the after Justice League. I will... uh, Yeah. Possibly have to yeah. fry up a crow and <laughs> chew a little bit. Well, look, okay, I will be frying no crow. I enjoy Batman v Superman. For what it was, I enjoyed Suicide Squad. I didn't, you know, it wasn't the hyped up thing that everyone acted like it was going to be. But at the same time, I was always sitting here going, oh, in the back of my head at least, was going, what What are they going to do with Suicide Squad? 
Like, that was a group that I didn't care that much about, even when, you know, the uh, Justice League did it. Justice League Unlimited did it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, bringing in Harley Quinn saved the Suicide Squad for me. <laughs> That's fair. And almost did on Arrow. Yeah, they did. yeah, right? So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm, I'm just a cranky piece of shit anyway. <laughs> um, as, we, as we have established, I'm not eating any crow. I mean, it has problems. All these, all these things have problems. No, it's the crow of hope that I'll have to eat. What's, what's weird is like the DC, I feel like the DC movies, for whatever reason, because of, I guess, you know, it's weird because of Dark Knight and how good it was, people were completely unwilling to see how shitty Dark Knight Rises was. Yeah, that part's been And confusing. now they're trying, and now they're trying to do it where it's like, oh, we're actually building a universe. And they're like, what, like Marvel? And everyone has been like, all like the normal problems from any movie or like any superhero movie, anything Marvel has done, you know, and before, like these are standard problems that they have because they're trying to rush a thing out or something. The Thor movies weren't that good. They just weren't. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about Natalie Portman. I don't ever want to see her again. Just, yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't care about her character one bit. Um, you, you literally had a doctor playing the villain and it was still kind of, eh. Yeah, I would much rather see Thor like eating a chicken leg or a turkey leg or some sort of beast leg of some sort laying in bed next to Lady Sif. That would be <laughs> way better to me than her. Like, I don't, ugh, anyway. <laughs> Henry Cavill, getting on with the news. Mm-hmm. Henry Cavill uh, sent a Justice League care package to Ray Fisher. It was pretty cool looking. He sent a picture of the cast and crew at the uh, Gotham City University set. Um, of course, it's the same note that went with everybody else. It has been quite the battle shooting this movie, but I could imagine no better people to have struggled alongside. Thank you so much for your hard work, tenacity, and great humor. See you next time. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, it, he sent the, the little uh, brand or whatever, the non-belt buckle, belt buckle. <laughs> that has the Justice League symbol on it. Right. Um, he also got him the back of his chair. The uh, the back of his chair from the Justice League set that had his name on it in the Justice League logo. <laughs> so nice. that's pretty cool. Fisher says, got a care package stuff with Justice today. Thank you to our awesome crew, to Henry Cavill, and a special thanks to whoever managed to snag the back of my chair. Well done. Can you imagine Cavill just uh, like running around stealing the backs of chairs? <laughs> yes. Because I can. Uh, in, in, in certain ways, he is more Superman than his on-screen counterpart right now. Just so damn optimistic and friendly. Mm-hmm. So Jason Momoa has been uh, talking a little bit. The Hollywood Reporter was talking about his new show, Frontier. And um, somewhere in there, he, he mentioned that uh, Aquaman, he says, the standalone Aquaman movie, I'm really pumped about it. I start in four or five months, so a little bit of rest and then back to it. Justice League was amazing, but it's going to be fun to have the arc and talk about this guy's backstory and where he's going. When asked to describe Zack Snyder, Momoa said genius. Hmm. Oh, there's a word you haven't when heard in the media about, a lot. Yeah. When asked about uh, Aquaman director James Wan, he says they haven't really worked together uh, yet, but that he's met him and he's a sweet man. All right. Um, the Aquaman writer, uh, Will Beale, is talking about the tone of Aquaman. He says, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. What we've come up with, and James Wan especially, he has a really, clear, a really clear idea of the tone he's going to have, and I think Aquaman is one that's going to blow people's minds, not just visually, but I think the story and the scope of it is really great. Cool. 
I'm still confused about how because some part yeah. of me thinks like you're Aquaman, dude. You intentionally don't give a shit about the rest of the world that you know I'm theoretically part of in your universe. Well, I think. Oh, hold on. So Bill goes on to say, "What's interesting is that you couldn't have done it before. You know, you could do Batman in '88, but now you have the te- now you have the technology, and it's going to be cool." Um, talking about Justice League, he says, "I think Justice League again is what you're going to see. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's much more fun, much poppier. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but BVS was a little more somber. But Justice League is a lot more fun, and I think that feels to me like the direction those movies are heading now." Um, I think, though, with Aquaman, like with James Wan directing, and I wonder if this wasn't originally the case, that James Wan, because he's done horror movies, mm-hmm. I was just wondering, I thought, you know, and they were talking about pre-BVS, like the depth of the sea, the horrors of the ocean, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if they weren't pushing toward a darker tone, and then all of the, apparently what they've taken, what DC <laughs> and Warner Brothers have taken from all this is that dark tones are bad now, which I thought, like, and a lot of people have given them a lot of shit about it. Me personally, I kind of thought, no, the problem was the editing. The problem was Warner Brothers putting their mitts into the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. Of course, Warner Brothers, and they don't understand that. But, no. whatever. Uh, <laughs> but my hope and my thought on it is that Aquaman doesn't care, but he cares. Like, he's annoyed with surface dwellers. Yeah, he just kind of begrudgingly cares. Yeah. it, it To me, it's, it has a Constantinish kind of feel. Where like I, It's like how I don't like children, but I wouldn't want to kill them. Sure. <laughs> I would save them if I could, you know? <laughs> I don't want to hear you crying about your juice box or whatever, but I'll, you know. But, you know, buses come and, yeah, I'll get in the way, I guess. It would break my heart if you died. So, you know. I I just, uh, (laughs) there's a part of me that remembers Aquaman as a guy that, like, kind of intervenes in in the surface world, mostly because if they get too out of control, it'll fuck with the thing that, like, the 70% of the world that he's actually in control of. Like he almost does it as yeah. a preventative, like a stitch in time saves nine kind of deal. Like rolls his eyes and goes, "Oh God, I'll fucking help you, I guess." Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he just puts himself in that role. Like, man, if it was me, I'd I'd really want this. I'd really want me to help. So yeah. <sighs> All right. If it was my people, I'd want you guys to help, even though I know you wouldn't. You pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't because most of you can't breathe water. But yeah, like if my people were in trouble and I asked you for help, you'd be like, "Sure," and then you would dump oil in the ocean. Right. <laughs> While the four of you that can actually help down here try to help, 600 of you are going to go dump (laughs) fucking toxins into my sea. (laughs) But whatever, I'll come help you. And even though we, even though I come up and be like, hey man, what the hell? You're going to be like, what? Fish don't feel pain. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, so Jason Momoa was actually talking to the Hollywood reporter and he had, there was some pretty interesting stuff. He said, he says he was talking about, uh, how Aquaman has changed his life and his career. And he says, I haven't been an actor who's been able to pick and choose roles and being a family man has been about putting food on the table. This has been the most, the, the best moment of my life, sorry, of my career, because the superhero roles are letting me get the other roles I want. Now this I did not know. Hmm. He apparently knew they knew that he was going to be Aquaman since like 2012. Okay, that actually verifies his point, though. Like they they just took it as a um, I don't know foregone conclusion that yeah that that guy will have to take the role. We'll offer it to him. Mm-hmm. 
I do remember a nice little bit where he walked in and thought they wanted him for Lobo. Yeah. Yeah. When Zack Snyder first wanted to talk to him. But yeah, he says, I was trying to get any role I could and not having much luck. So knowing what your future is going to be in the next five or six years and having to keep your mouth shut is brutal. So apparently he was like getting turned down for shit, even though no, knowing that he was Aquaman, but not being able to say. That is rough, man. And I, I have to say, I, I would um, personally appreciate his, his quiet in that. Cause yeah, he's, he's sacrificing yeah. things for that. If that's the, if that's how that went down, mm-hmm. he could have sat there and said, all right, you know, this whole, uh, DCEU going to come out and make tons of money yeah so i'm going to be part of the justice league um right. so this tiny film that you're just about to turn me down for you may need, may need to rethink that like hey i would really like to play you know bill dobbs in shaky elbows <laughs> and i don't understand why you're turning me down but just know this you turned down aquaman in five years i'm going to control 70 percent of the earth <laughs> i just want you to know that <laughs> yep Good for him, though. That's faith. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so there was a bunch of news about this proposed Aquaman video game. And video games are generally what we do in the DC, in the DC TV episodes. But here is a, it's an Aquaman video game that's clearly going to be based on the Aquaman movies. Yeah. And um, an image of the Aquaman video game popped up online. And uh, it appears to be a mobile game. And it's from uh, iPix Entertainment, an independent game developer who has done uh, Sp- uh, Spiny Core and Nom Nom, Hobbyland, Free the Witch, and Vermilion Watch. But um, they were they were asked about it. They said that it is concept art for a potential video game. So nothing nothing big on the horizon there. Yeah. It's all potential. Yeah. Neat shot. Uh, That's yeah. really all it is for now. The uh, Argus site uh, released a file on Slipknot or Christopher Weiss, and uh, well, it just confirms that Keystone City is in existence in the DCEU. That's the big news. Yeah, the big Easter egg there. Yeah, a little Easter egg. Yeah. Um, they released everything wrong with Suicide Squad. Cinema Sins released everything wrong with Which Suicide I Squad. To, I haven't got to watch, but I'm sure it's freaking great. And like, it is about twenty minutes long. It is about twenty minutes long. And for anyone who enjoyed it, you probably won't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. Between that and the guy that the guy that does the the art of editing and shows you all the wrong editing techniques in Suicide Squad and all of the plot lines that didn't, which I was aware of a few of them, but you know, I was like, well, that seemed like a thing that wasn't. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is all I have for the news. Surprisingly. That's all I have for the news on the DCEU side of things. Hmm. Um, we don't have any new uh, reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. I don't understand why. <laughs> Apparently, people don't like free shit. <laughs> because if you give us a five-star rate, maybe it's the five-star. Maybe we just have listeners who have like a lot of integrity and are just like, you know what? I'd give them a three-star or a four-star review. I don't want to give them a five-star review. I'll buy my own trade paperback, Blu-ray, or DVD set. Screw you guys. I'm not giving you a five-star review because you guys are not worth it. And I understand that. And I respect There's, you guys. I, I Yeah, that's integrity. And I dig it. However, if you don't have integrity and you would like a free <laughs> trade paperback, Blu-ray, or DVD set valued at $15 or less, I implore you, go over to iTunes or Stitcher, give us a five-star written review, and uh, 
we're, we're going to read your review on the air. <clears throat> on the air. Uh, so-called air. <laughs> and, um, well, there's wireless. On the wire. so I guess it it's on the air. wire. Well, I guess it could be air. Sure. We're going to read it and, on the Electron. Um, right. And uh, you get your choice of a $15 Blu-ray, DVD, or trade paperback. Uh, $15 or less. One in ten win. So um, that's the thing that happens. We'd love you to be a part of it. And we're going to call it because we got a whole bunch of DCTV news and a whole DCTV news episode to talk about. So we are DC On Screen. You can find us in every episode at DCOnScreen.com. DC On Screen for Twitter and Facebook as well. We're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network. You know, the the uh, the guy that started the Giant Size Team Up Network, the big boss, epic boss Charles McFall, they call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't call him that because I have a problem with authority. Rock out of podcasting but and Charles all. McFall. <laughs> Charles McFall. He said that uh, his version of church is DC on screen. That's We're the weekly church he goes to. He said that on Facebook. It was weird. It made me feel weird. It but did. I appreciate proud it. in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> giant size team up network for all these awesome shows like the marvel cinematic universe podcast uh breaking the panel uh panel by panel a lot of panel shows on that network mm-hmm. uh booze well, and we're phasers. talking about comics in all fairness yeah comics sci-fi um boozers and phasers <laughs> um none of us were liked in in school <laughs> <laughs> this is where we all get together and now that's the end thing. Uh, you know, that's my, you know, undeniable proof that the Bible is correct. It says the meek shall inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to be coming right back. And until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.